we have uh, taken for granted. And it is amazing the freedom that we have uh, here in the United States and also just in Christ. And today, as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday together and the resurrection of the Lord, we're also going to combine it with our Good Friday service where we're going to partake of communion, uh, the Lord asking us to do this in remembrance of Him and giving Himself. And then also we're going to talk about resurrection. And my goal is to just have some real talk with you this morning. As we go in Luke chapter 24, if you want to turn there, I just want to have a talk about what's going on, where we're at, where I'm at, where the church is at. And I know that there are people that are watching or listening or going to be partaking of this message that maybe are unbelievers or they're new believers, or they're unsure believers. And I want to talk, I really feel like the Lord has impressed on me this morning that there is one particular person that he's going to be speaking to this morning. I don't know who, but it may very well be you. And so I'm going to share some things that are uh, personal, but then most importantly, we're going to share this message together. So once again, welcome to Calvary Chapel, Low Country. The church is empty once again, but so is the tomb. And so... We're going to begin with a word of prayer, and then we're going to partake of communion together. But before we do, because I know that there are some people that maybe have not partaken of it, uh, maybe you don't have what you need, you need some crackers, preferably some grape juice, um, you can use any kind of bread. Traditionally, you want it without yeast, but just get whatever you got. Um, traditionally, you want to use some grape juice. Um, again, get whatever you got, what, what the best that's available to you. Um, this is for believers, communion. And so if you're not a believer and you want to partake with us, you want to fellowship with us, you want to have this communion together with us, uh, you need to confess your sins to the Lord Jesus right now and believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. And then you can fellowship with us. What's interesting is that we're having a digital communion. There's a few of us here gathered, but very few. And most of us are at home with our families or by ourselves, and we feel disconnected. Uh, We take it for granted when we were able to come here and and fellowship. And now the Lord has us, I I feel, really connecting on a level spiritually that He intended when we partake this, that we are one body and one church collectively as Calvary Chapel, low country, and then corporately in the body of Christ in the world. And I, again, I share this as a pastor. I'm a very weird person. My, my thoughts go into weird places. I think of every person that has partaken of communion. Every time I, this is a secret, every time I partake of communion, I think of the Last Supper, the apostles who took it. I think of, of Roman centurions that came to faith and took it. I think of Roman slaves that took it. I think of uh, medieval priests in their Catholic cathedrals taking communion, partaking, the Church of England. I think of Luther. I think of the New World. I think of the underground church in Korea. I think of China. I think of the United States and how many pastors and, and Christians have taken a, partaken of this, and we're all a part of the body of Christ. We're all Christians through Jesus. And here we are separately connected to them all through Jesus. This whole morning is going to be 100% focused on the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. 
and what it means to us. So get the kids quieted down. Let's pass out the bread to everybody. Let's all grab our cup. And then we're going to partake of this together. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, this morning is dedicated 100% to you, Lord. As we partake of this bread together, Lord, we know that it symbolizes your body being broken for us, that we would no longer take this punishment because you took it, because you loved us, you gave yourself for us. Those who were once your enemies, Lord, are now reconciled to God through you by the breaking of your body, and yet you have unified us all through yourself throughout all time, Lord. Thank you for giving us this token to remind us of you and to remember you, Lord. We want to give you thanks as we partake together in Jesus' name. Let's partake. Now as we all grab our cup, getting passed out in the houses, if you don't have any, that's the beauty of it. You just go back to this study later after you go to the grocery store and you can partake of communion with us an hour from now, a week from now, maybe you're seeing this for the first time two years from now, partake with us, fellowship with us. This symbol, this token is a symbol of the Lord's blood that he shed for us, innocent blood. He was perfect without sin. The king's blood, the the Lord's blood, and yet it was spilt for our redemption so that we might be saved so that we could partake of this glorious resurrection that, we're going to, that we are going to meditate on this morning. And so once again, let's pray and we'll partake together. Lord Jesus, we thank you once again for giving yourself, your DNA, your life spilt for us. Life, Lord, truly abundant life coming from you by faith alone in you alone, Lord. We thank you once again for giving us a token to remember it and to celebrate you. And we do so together in Jesus' name. Let's partake. Lord, we sit here on our couches, maybe on the carpet, in a car, holding a cell phone or an iPad, a big TV. In this church, Lord, we sit here unified in you. This building doesn't unify us. Square footage doesn't unify us. Even the digital age doesn't unify us, Lord. Your spirit unifies us. We are one in you. We are Christians and we are yours. Lead us this morning. Just use this person, me, Lord. Just use me. Just a guy rambling on about your word and about your impact on my life. I pray that you would use this time to speak to your people And specifically, that one person that needs it the most, Lord. I pray that they would know that you are here with them through your words. And we thank you, Lord, that we have life in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we are going to be in Luke chapter 24. We're going to focus in on verses 6 through 7, but really... We're going to be um, reading all of 1 through 9. So let's go to Luke chapter 24. We're going to read verses 1 through 9, and then we're going to focus in on 6 through 7. 
Luke is the, chapter 24 is the last chapter of the book of Luke. Let's read. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and a certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. They're in the tomb, Jesus is gone, and they are greatly perplexed, they are greatly disturbed, and that's kind of how I feel. Like, this is a weird time that we're in. I've never had a Resurrection Sunday where there's nobody there's only a handful of people here. I've never had a Resurrection Sunday where we're all separated. And it's amazing, I find, what creatures of habit we are. I went to the Publix grocery store the other day for lunch to get a sandwich and some water. And I go to the door, and the guy says, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait there. And I'm already upset. Like, who's this guy? What do you, excuse me? He said, oh, you got to wait till somebody comes out, and then I'll let you in. And he's doing it in an incredibly polite manner. And I'm just thinking to myself, who is this guy? What do you mean? I can't, I just, I'm just getting a sandwich. Then I get lectured. I say, well, you got to go down this aisle. They have arrows going a certain way. We want to keep our social distancing. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm going to the deli. I'm going to get a sandwich and a drink. I'm going to come right out. Nope, nope, got to follow the rules. So I had to go in a certain way down the aisle, get my sandwich, come back out. Couldn't go straight back. I, you know, I just doubled back. Nope, I had to go around to follow the rules. I was so annoyed, and I was perplexed, and I was confused. Like, I'm just, I'm just at the grocery store. And yet, I'm reminded how blessed we are. Because later on that afternoon, I'm watching a documentary about Venezuela. And their grocery stores are empty. And three million people have had to leave that place because it's gotten so bad. And it has the murder capital of the world, and things are terrible there. And I'm thinking, what is it to be a Christian there? And here I am, disturbed about going down an aisle. Now, think about these people have been walking with Jesus for three years the same way consistently, and now they've seen his crucifixion, and everything's changed. He's dead. He's gone. And when they go to see his body, he's not there. Now, I know somebody's going to be here or watching that's a skeptic. It's like, yeah, this is a great story, but I'm not going to base my life on a fairy tale. This story is the number one, the greatest out of many evidences for the Lord. This is the greatest. This is the, the capstone of evidence for how we know that Jesus was resurrected because there were eyewitnesses that were there and their lives were radically changed by this event and they all concur in their viewpoints. If you wanted to check something out, if you were a police officer, you're going to get the different people that saw the event. You're going to separate them. You're going to ask them, and you're going to try and pick away details, things that contradict. 
And yet with the four Gospels, the three synoptic Gospels, and you look at their eyewitness accounts, their details vary only in that they add more evidence to it. And then we have outside biblical evidence that proves these eyewitnesses. And then they gave their lives, historically documented, gave their lives standing by what they saw. This real, this real miracle that took place. And what was it that made it so special? Let's go to verse 6. It says, he is not here. The tomb was empty. Now, it, 20, Luke 24, verse 6, he is not here. Now, his body could have been stolen. It could have been taken away. And there's, you know, there's some different um, critics out there that say they just stole it. We're going to go into that. But the Lord's tomb is empty. But that could mean different things. You know, the tomb being empty here is an exciting thing. It is a thing that gives us great joy. But when we think of empty, that usually doesn't bring joy. It usually makes us sad. A feeling of emptiness, of being distraught, of anxiety, of having a comfortable way that we used to do things and then suddenly that's been changed and then people get upset. They're greatly distraught. I shared, you know, just going to the grocery store made me upset when they changed it up. More, um, a little bit more comically, as I bought my sandwich, I went to the double doors and I almost hit the glass because the door was locked. I had to go back out through the other entrance. And then I'm, now I'm really upset and I'm embarrassed because my habit is just running straight through that thing. Some of us in our lives right now have come to a locked door. Something, you know, consistently, we've just gone through that door, we've gone through our habits, we've done these things, and now we're confronted. And some of us, it's this anxiety, this depression, this frustration is revealing to us that there's things that are broken inside of us, that we're not on the right path, that something's wrong. And it's waking us up. And I'd I'd like to be a little bit more personal. Last year, my brother committed suicide. And this Wednesday is his birthday. And I have not stopped thinking about that. I just, I, I think about it at least once a day. And it just, it gnaws on me. And it just, it hurts. And it's a heavy burden And then I I begin to think about other people that are in that situation. This feeling that there's no way out and I can't escape. And that the only way to get out of it is through the grave. And you may be having those thoughts. And maybe you need to send this video to people that are having those thoughts. Because it's more common. One of the top five reasons for death for people in the ages of 20 to 35 years old in this country today is suicide. The most prosperous, wealthy, luxurious country on the planet with the most freedoms anywhere. And one of the top reasons is for suicide. But as Christians, we are told to die, not literally to commit suicide. We're called to die to ourselves. Why is that? Why is it that Jesus died? He knew he was going to die. 
But he also knew what? What does it say in verse 6? They were telling them, he says, he is risen from the dead. Death, emptiness, hurt, pain. These are realities of our lives. As a pastor, I've ministered to people that are dying. I've ministered to people with cancer, people with terminal illness. I've ministered to people that have had loved ones that have gone on to be with the Lord, some that are in doubt. Terrifying. It's hard. And life is so difficult. And yet it has so many blessings and so many joys. Sometimes we get through a rut. Whereas Christians, it's just Sunday after Sunday, Easter after Easter, celebration after celebration, birthday after birthday, and we just go through these motions, never walking into those double doors that are locked, where we have to question and ask, where are we? Where are we going? Why am I here? Why do I feel this way? There is a way out. You can have a new life. And all this baggage and all this weight and all that anxiety and all that hatred and confusion and fear and sorrow and sadness of not understanding what's going on or why it's happening, it can go somewhere else. It doesn't have to sit in you and fester. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love within which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. This is a free gift. All of us feel pain and have hurt and sorrow. If you look in your past, you can think of times, maybe drug abuse, alcohol. There are those of us that are in this message, receiving this message, you've been a part of divorce or you've lost a spouse, a serious loved one, you've been hurt, you've had people talk about you behind your back, you've had your people break their word to you, you've had things that you were, had hope in that were crushed, you've had difficulty, and you've had bad news, and you say, why? And you die a little bit inside, and, and you're carrying this burden, But God, who's rich in mercy, freely, grace means freely, because you didn't earn it, He just gives it to you because He loves you, because of His great love in which He loved you, saw you in this death and this hurt and this pain and this anxiety and this depression, and He gave His Son, and He gave you a way out, a way out to die to yourself and to live a new life, born again. And we know we have that because the tomb is empty. But this wasn't an accident. This didn't just happen. It wasn't like, oh, okay, well, he died and rose again. Wow, that's surprising. Let's just go with it. See, he told us, it says here in the Scriptures, remember how he told you. Jesus knew this was going to happen. He predestined this to happen. He, it's, the Bible says that He's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It was always the plan. This wasn't the backup. And all those trials and tribulations and anxieties and things that you're, you're holding on to, he says, give them to me. Give them to me. Let them go. Give them to me. I put them on the cross with me. 
I took that death upon me. I took that suicide from you, and I, gave, I took it to myself. There's a way out. You can be a new person. You don't have to end this. You can end it in a different way. And we do this in our mind, and we do this by faith. By faith alone in Christ alone. Wherever you're at now, whatever difficulty you're going through, you can by faith, silently in your own heart, you can confess it to friends, however you see fit. You can just give it to God. Lord, I give you my life. I was going to take it, Lord, but I want to give it to you. Give me something new. And you take everything dirty inside of you. You take all of your failures, all of your sins, all of your lies, all of your mistakes, all of your things that you feel sorry, things, all your regrets of all the things you should have said and should have done and could have done, and you give them to God. You give them to the Lord. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, excuse me, Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man. That means take it off, like taking off your clothes. Put off the old man in his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. What does this mean in 21st century English? It means you take off everything that I just told you. You're just like taking off this coat. Believe me, the second this sermon is over, boom, this thing's coming off. And I'm going to put on more comfortable clothes. And I'm going to go, ah, it feels great. So you're going to take off this jacket, all those regrets, fears, failures, anxieties, depression, everything. Your fear of the unknown, your your fear of change. You're going to take that coat and you're going to throw it off. And my wife, every once in a while, she doesn't do very much, but every once in a while she gets upset because I throw my clothes everywhere. Well, in this case, it doesn't matter. Just throw it off. Just cast it off. But then you're not there naked. You're not there just, whole, you know, what do I do now? The Lord gives you something else. He gives you His clothes of righteousness. You put those on. And what is that? It's peace and joy and freedom and love. It's a fresh new morning. I'm not artsy. I'm not... In those kind of, you know, I'm different in different ways. But I, I picked this sunrise because you can have a sunrise this morning. Just as the tomb was empty, just as no one was there, just as the Lord has come out of the tomb, you can come out of this message. You can, when you're done with this video, when you're done being in this uh, church, can be a new person today. Today. Oh, I've been a Christian for 30 years. Doesn't matter. You can be new today. You can put on Jesus' righteousness. He put on His life. How can we do that? He spoke to us and He told us that He was to be crucified. This isn't just a mental exercise. This isn't just some uh, health, wealth, prosperity, some kind of self-help book. Hey, just think this way. Snap your fingers. Tap your toes. Everything's going to be okay. No. All of the sins the separations, the mistakes that we made that separate us from God, He took it and they were beaten and punished. He didn't ignore it. He absorbed it and took it upon Himself. And He did it for a reason. In Romans chapter 6, it says, Therefore we are buried with Him 
through baptism into death, that just as Christ was risen from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That's why the empty grave brings joy, because through Christ, we have new life, new life, not made new, not refurbished. You know, every once in a while, you get that Christmas gift, you get a new, I don't know, laptop, iPad, you know, phone, and you think, oh man, this is so awesome. And then you see a sticker on the back, it says refurbished, and you kind of feel a little tainted, like, oh, really? I didn't get the new one? I got the refurbished one. This is somebody's hand-me-down. You don't get a hand-me-down of your life. You get a new life. Yes, the same world's still out there. The same problems are still out there, but in your heart, in your soul, in your mind. When you hit those double glass doors and you look around and you're embarrassed sitting in the public, like, what did I just do? And the guy over there by the front door to let you out is laughing. This is what happened to me. He's smiling. He's trying to hold it back because he's polite, but he's laughing. And you got to walk over to him. Like, yeah, I got my sandwich and my water. Thanks for letting me in your store. It lets you out. You know, we still got people laughing at us. We still got embarrassment. Don't sit at those double doors. Don't sit there and not move. We have to keep going. This life is not over. Some people think they have no escape. They have no way out. There is a way out. And it is so glorious. It is so new and so fresh. It's haunting that people are turning away from it. Listen, personally, in my family, there's not a day that goes by. My parents and I don't feel regret of things we could have said or things we could have done. Could we have interceded? Could we have done this or that? And the truth is we tried everything we knew how to try. And there's nothing left but sadness and pain and sorrow. And, and if you're watching and, and that's something you're thinking of doing, you are going to devastate everyone. And you think that you have a way out. But listen, I'm going to tell you what nobody else wants to tell you. And that is without Christ, if you die, it is not nothing. It is not emptiness. That's a lie from Satan. If you take your own life without Christ, you will be damned to hell. Nobody wants to say it because it is the most devastating thing that could be said, but it's the truth. But if you confess Christ today, believe in your heart the Lord Jesus, you can have a new life, a new glorious life of joy and uh, free from regret and fear and anxiety and truth. You can walk in newness of life because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And just as he rose again, you too will rise again. And that's what the verse says. And the, on the third day, be rise again. I totally destroyed that. Look at that. There's not a sermon that goes by that I can't have a typo, I tell you. But on the third day, be risen again. And you can rise again. You can have a new life. Now, some of you are Christians that have been Christians 20, 30, 40 years. You're watching this. And you're like, well, you know, I'm not 
I'm not in that mode. I mean, everything's great. You have a new day today as well. Maybe you're not as close to the Lord as you once were. Maybe there's some things getting in the way. Or maybe you think, well, I've just been going the same path so many times. You know, I'm just, I'm just stuck in a rut. Today is the day the Lord has made. You can cast it off. Fresh joy. The King is risen and He's alive. People, eyewitnesses, change the course of history by going out and sharing this message. And for you and I, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's, this is our verse right now. We were so stuck. Oh, yeah, you know, this is terrible times. We're under a plague. The churches are closed. Oh, no, everything's over. And yet, like I said, I watched this documentary in Venezuela They dream of having the things we have right now. They dream of social distancing. They dream that they can have computers and see each other. They dream of having a grocery store. They would praise God if they had someone that led them into the store and only let them go down certain aisles. And there I am cursing in my heart, like, what do they think they are? But for us as Christians, we are a new creation every day. The old things are passed away. Let them go. Let them go. They're on the cross. The cross is gone. The king is alive, and he is on the throne. Behold, all things are new. Every single day is a new day, a new sunrise, a new beginning in Christ. You can have new life. If you haven't given your life to Christ, if you haven't partaken of this new life, and you're still carrying all those burdens, and you're still questioning, and the Holy Spirit is kicking against the, you're kicking against the goads. The Holy Spirit's tapping on your door. And he's saying now, hey, listen, this is something. You've watched this video all the way to the end because he's speaking to you and you have a choice. You can choose death or you can choose death. Well, that's not a choice. You could choose death that leads to destruction or you can choose a spiritual death that leads to new life. You can cast off the old person and you can be a new person. And you can have new life. And you can walk in newness. And you can be born again. And you can just dump that trash out of your soul. And put on new clothes of righteousness that is Jesus Christ. And you can confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. If you don't know how, you can do it with me right now. You could say it out loud. You could say it with a friend. You could say it 15 times or you could say it once. But... You just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I confess my sins. I know that you died and rose again to forgive me of those sins. I give you my life. Please fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And for those of us that are rededicating ourselves, I just pray that the Spirit is touching your heart now, wherever you're at, whatever fears you have, whatever weight you're carrying, whatever depression and anxiety, give it to Jesus now. I'm going to give you a moment. We're going to sit quietly and just quietly in your own heart, give it to the Lord. So another second.
And Lord, we come before you and we thank you for this promise of something fresh, of something new. It's a new day, a new life, Lord. We're going to leave where we're at now. We're going to get up from wherever we're at and we're going to walk in newness of life, in freshness. Our family life is going to be more enjoyable. Our time with you is going to be deeper. Our enjoyment of your sunrise, of your creation, of your stars, of the blessings that we have where we're at now, the work that we hate, we will suddenly not take for granted, the fellowship, the friends, the things that have turned bitter, Lord, you will turn them sweet. And you did it all through your resurrection, Lord. You defeated death. You defeated the devil. You defeated sin. We give you praise and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now share this message. If you know there's somebody you want to reach out to and give it to, I pray that you would. I pray that the Lord blesses them and teaches them. We go out by faith and we, give you pra- and we just give God the praise and the glory for the work that he's doing. Thank you and God bless.